The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We'd like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Kali for 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Labam on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you. Our television audience sings wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those within the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, will start off today's telecast with a wonderful song entitled, The Old Fashioned Meeting. There will be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Slock on the organ. We thank the Lord that through all the years, He never changes. He is always there to comfort us and take away the burdens that we bear. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, 
today and forever. The church band under the direction of yours truly will play the song entitled, Jesus, You Light Up My Life. Yes, TV viewers, Jesus is the beacon in the night that lights our way when our way is dark and dreary. He is our guiding light with bringing hope to carry on until our Lord and Savior returns in clouds of glory.
Sherlyn Bing will give the Lord all the praises and glory, singing the spirit-inspiring song, Whispery Prayer. Doing her background music will be trusty associate pass, Evans Post Senior, makes her sound scene of guitars, associate pass, Marvin Bing on the bass, and yours truly on the piano. Despite our busy schedules and all the trials and tribulations we go through each day, it is comforting to know that our Lord is only a prayer away. Prayer is the strength of the gospel. It is prayer that moves the mighty hand of God that moves the whole world. The church choir will now perform their final number for the day entitled, Till the Storm Passes By, with a featured solo by Tehane Tooli. They will be able to accompany by Tari Summers on the piano, Rose Bakakaro on the organ. The Lord is always by our side to keep us safe when the storms of life come our way. Amidst the crash of our thunderous distant trials, our precious Lord is our refuge to protect us 
in the hollow of his sweet arms. We thank the Lord that he gives us the strength to endure until the storm passes by.
And now members of the church band will come together to give the Lord praises and glory with the song, Wonderful Words of Life. There are Dean Carrillo Jr. on the tenor saxophone, Punahele Capuni on the French horn, George Summers on the trombone, and Christy Hahn on the trumpet. As we welcome another year with our Lord and Savior, we pray that you will continue to lift the name of Jesus to the highest and give the Lord all the praises and glories due unto His holy name. For His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations.
The Jubilees will now blend their voices to the uplifting song entitled The Eastern Gate. They will be accompanied by E. Christy Hahn on the piano. Through the signs in the heavens above and the earth beneath, the coming of the Lord is near at hand. Are you ready to meet our Lord and Savior when He returns in clouds of glory? We lift up our hands to Him with praise and thanksgiving for a wonderful Lord. At this time, it is a great pleasure to dedicate this beautiful song to a very dear couple who is none other than Mr. and Mrs. John and Lehua Nuihiva. May the Lord continue to strengthen and pour forth His bountiful blessings upon you. We pray that you will have a wonderful Sunday. Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, 
from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGB-TV Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning a schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kaimiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneri Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Elverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services, regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Today, Telecast viewers, I have an urgent plea for you. I simply want to say it's time to come out of the world. This is no time to be compromising with sin. These are such perilous times in which we live, with violence and aggression in our so-called own backyards, and such sordid events occurring as drive-by shootings in residential areas, public parks resulting in deaths and injuries, as well as fatal and horrendous terroristic bombings. Our only recourse is to depend on Jesus to make all crooked paths straight and to protect us with his precious blood and name. Thus, I invite you to be a partaker of today's TV sermon titled, It's Closer Than You May Think. What should be paramount about every mind is how close are we to the coming of the Lord? And TV viewers, are you prepared for it? The New Testament encourages us to live in the light of Christ's second coming. We do not know when Jesus is returning, but we do know that he is coming. Two things threaten and can prevent belief from obtaining the promise given to the bride of Christ. The first is Satan himself, with all his divisiveness and deceitfulness. The second is sin, 
which is disobedience against the known will of God. It is therefore important for all Christians to guard against themselves, against the wiles of the devil, and abstain from sinful lifestyles. Let us read in 1 Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Jesus reprimanded the Pharisees and Sadducees for their inability to see what was quite obvious. They professed to read the condition of the sky, to predict when it would be fair or foul weather. However, Jesus referring to them as hypocrites said, but can he not discern the signs of the times? Saints who are out of touch with the Lord will miss the obvious signs of his coming. Plainly speaking, the Lord will arrive as a thief in the night to rapture the few that yearn for his return. And on the other side of the coin, many will be caught unaware. I am sure you are familiar with the term, the Monday morning quarterback. Well, the downside of Monday morning quarterbacking or hindsighting is that the game has already been lost and the losses encountered cannot be recovered. For the athlete, they move on from the loss and prepare for the next game. Under those circumstances, one can hopefully learn from one's mistakes. However, when talking about the rapture of the saints, there's only one try at it, and they must be ready for it. To prepare for it, one must be walking circumspectly, redeeming the times. On that accord, we are not to wait for the end of the year or the beginning of each year to make changes in our lives but we should constantly be making immediate changes that perfect measures that will keep us from sin. Paul refers to this needed change as you read in 1 Corinthians 7, 29 to 31. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remains that both they that have wise be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. In essence, Steve viewers, Paul is saying, put Jesus first in your lives. The Monday morning quarterback following the resurrection morning will be a very painful experience for those who are left behind. It will be a lesson learned the hard way. The believer has numerous resources that will assure eternal life. First is the Lord Jesus Christ. He has proven to be the conqueror of all things, even death itself. Heaven is his abode, and he has made the earth his footstool. All the power, whether it be in heaven or on the earth, has been given to him. Secondly, is the faith that must be perfected in Jesus Christ. Paul tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please Jesus. The beauty of the gospel of the kingdom of God is its simplicity, and it takes faith to walk in it. The gospel begins and ends with Jesus. Jesus existed before Genesis was conceived, and it will be there after the book of Revelation is fulfilled. Let us read John 3, 14 to 16. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes, Jesus came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. Though his efforts were to manifest his glory through a special and peculiar people, because of disobedience and sin, he has concluded that all are under sin, whether Jew or Gentile. There is none righteous in his eyes, no, not one. The question you may be asking yourself this morning, to be viewers, is what can I do? 
about the inherent sin that separates me from Jesus Christ? It is a question that was often asked in the New Testament and profoundly answered by Jesus himself and those who were filled with the Holy Ghost. Turning to Mark, the first chapter, 14 to 15, we read, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The forerunner of Jesus, John the Baptist, preached of the righteousness that would follow him. John accomplished his work wholeheartedly and was faithful to his calling to the very end. He preached the righteousness of God and stood firmly against sin. Such preaching brought about his death by beheading. This severe ending, however, was purposed by God that it be as such. The purpose of John the Baptist's ministry was to prepare the way, compelling all to believe upon the true Son of God, who was soon to come after him. John's ministry was limited to the repentance of sins rather than the removal of them. His ministry could not give and neither promise eternal life, nor was there any promise of the Holy Ghost. His ministry could not heal the sick, afflicted, or the tormented. His ministry could not battle the final adversary, which is death. Therefore, raising the dead to life was inconceivable. However, John knew the boundaries of his ministry, the purpose of his calling, and the message that he was to bring to the world. John testified that though he was not the Christ, he was fervently waiting for Christ. Reading Matthew 3:11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Here John speaks of the Savior. John speaks of him with such great reverence and respect, such that he is not worthy to carry the shoes that Christ wears. While John was baptizing at Jordan, Jesus came to the Jordan River banks to be baptized. Upon fixing his eyes upon Jesus, John knew in his heart that this was the Christ, the anointed that was sent of God to deliver Israel. Let's read in John 1, 29-30. The next day, John sees Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh the man which is before me, for he was before me. The deity of Jesus Christ is very simple to understand. God is manifested in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ. John acknowledged the origin of Jesus. Though John had an important responsibility, yet Jesus was preferred above John in the eyes of God. Though John was physically born six months before Jesus, John acknowledged that Jesus existed before him. How could these things be? Turn to John 8, 52 to 58. We read of a confrontation Jesus experienced with the Pharisees. Then said the Jesus unto him, said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead, whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Very, verily I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Here Jesus identifies himself as his, uh, and his origin. 
No other words could be said other than I am, which could describe the association Jesus had with God, his father. The Pharisees were indeed of the loins of their father Abraham, but Jesus came from the bosom of his father, the almighty God. God is the spirit, and to see God and his righteousness, one's eyes must be fixed firmly on Jesus Christ, the anointed and savior. Reading John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. When Jesus approached John at the banks of the Jordan to be baptized by him, John questioned and said, shouldn't you be baptizing me? Jesus humbly responded, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Jesus was baptized, setting the pattern of good works for us to follow. For God's plan to work, every aspect of the plan must be fulfilled. Though John had the greatest respect and reverence for Jesus to fulfill all righteousness, there was a need for him to baptize Jesus, whereby justifying the faith in God. Jesus, on the other hand, though he knew no sin, humbled himself and was baptized with the baptism of the repentance of sins. He too was fulfilling all righteousness, that God's plan of salvation might be perfected in him. And let us read Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus arrived at the theater of life, confirms what we previously read in Mark chapter 1, the time is fulfilled. When Jesus came, he fulfilled every aspect or title of the law. Simultaneously, he fulfilled the purpose of John's baptism of repentance, which was to believe on him, which should follow. Comparing the two ministries, you will find a tremendous difference. That is how Jesus fulfills and supersedes the preaching of John. This is not a bad reflection upon John, because Jesus acknowledged how those who were born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. And yet Jesus went on to say, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. The designation of John being the best of all the prophets was not that he performed miracles, because in reality, no miracle was performed through his hands. He did not eat richly and was not adorned with robes and attire associated with those of the synagogue. Instead, he wore a garment made of camels here, and around his waist was a girdle of leather. His meals consisted of locusts and wild honey. John's baptism was the voice of Israel, preparing the way of the Savior. This is what elevated him in the eyes of Jesus, and yet the least person in the kingdom of God was greater than him. Why? Because what the saved have, John and all those before him did not experience, but only yearned and hoped to experience. Reading Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. At the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John trembled at the voice that spoke, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The identical words that were spoken when Jesus was baptized by John in the River Jordan. When they lifted up their faces from the ground, recovering from their frightened state, they saw no man save Jesus only. The disciples had intended to build three tabernacles, one for Elias, one for Moses, and one for Jesus. However, the voice from heaven made it very clear as to where they were to place their devotion. This is the intent of every example set forth by Jesus, that salvation is found in him alone, and there is no other. Prayerfully, you will accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Looking closely at the scriptures, three facts are being pointed out in the scripture we have read in 1 Peter chapter 4. The first being today, the promise of God are being fulfilled. God is manifesting himself in a manner which compels unbelievers towards repentance. Simultaneously, Jesus is comforting his people. 
assuring them that his return is closer than when they first believed. The stage is set. The seats in the theater of life are filled. And the curtain for the final act is about to be raised. The question is, are you ready? The span of time and discipline you and the coming of the Lord is not favorable to you if you have not kept his commandments. Yes, TV viewers, the coming of the Lord is closer than you may think. Facing the circumstances, you must ask yourself, to what resurrection will I be raised? Let us read in John 5, 28 to 29. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in that which all the grave, all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth that they have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. The decision will always remain with the individual regarding the salvation of the soul. Facts of good and evil and the blessings that follow the good and consequences of evil are laid out fully by spirit-filled and inspired preachers. Jesus uses the foolishness of preaching to bring mankind to repentance. However, few are drawn to his righteousness because of unbelief. Reading Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11, 15, and 19, for this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear of it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and eth and evil. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. These were the parting words of Moses spoken to Israel before he died. He impressed upon them to set your hearts on the words of the Lord and observe to do them. It is worthwhile effort because it is your life that is at stake. When Moses went the way of the world, which was death, he was 120 years of age. The Lord was real to Moses, who conversed with God as a man would, speaking to a friend. This reflects the intimacy Moses had with the God of Israel and how God in turn spoke clearly and plainly to his anointed. Though at the age of 120 years, God's glory and presence enhanced his physical appearance, where the eyes of Moses never became dim or was impeded with blurred vision, nor his natural force, that is his physical being abated, meaning that he appeared younger than he really was. Moses was buried in the plains of Moab, and no man knows the location of his sepulcher unto this very day. A scripture tells us, and there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Being an authoritative figure over Israel, Moses appeared in the transfiguration of Jesus along with the prophet Elias. Peter, James, and John were privileged to be witness to this event. Taken to the top of a mountain to pray, the countenance of Jesus was altered. The glory of the heavens was bestowed upon him as his face did shine like the sun and his raiment became white as light. They observed Moses in their eyes conversing with Jesus. How did the disciples know who these men were except that Jesus would have told them? Moses lived 1,700 years and Elijah 900 years. Photographs were not available, but what they live on was their reputations. They were as familiar to Peter, James, and John as though they had walked with them. The scriptures which they love reveal the characters of Moses and Elijah. The Holy Spirit the disciples were about to receive revealed the identities of the prophets. The revelation revealed through the transfiguration is the saints preserved under the law and the saints to be translated. 
they are joined together with the mediator between God and man, which is Jesus Christ. The second part of the scripture in 1 Peter 4, 7 requires believers to be sober. Believers must be serious and sincere about their faith, perfecting the spirit and mind of Christ. The urgency and sensitivity to the times play a key part in the success of the believer. Spiritually speaking, being sober simply means being alert and aware. Let us read Romans 13, 11 to 14. And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or drunkenness, not in chambering or wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. The changes that we as individuals must make to please the Lord are sizable, but not impossible. I truly believe in my heart we are living in the last days. Therefore, the saints must come out of the world and its pleasures. Jesus is speaking strongly, imploring the saints to come closer still. But many do not feel compelled to do so. When the call comes, come up hither. Only the righteous will hear it. They will be the bride of Christ. Those who will be left behind to suffer the tribulation period will find it very difficult to be saved. Remember the Monday morning, Monday morning quarterback? The third portion of 1 Peter 4, 7 highlights the necessity of a response. Response time is very important, especially when there is a great deal at stake. During a wartime alert, the response time is critical. When a person suffers a heart attack, the reaction time is critical to prevent debilitating circumstances and consequences. When a person is hospitalized and equipment used to monitor the vital statistics for survival, alarms the medical staff, it must respond quickly to save that life. When a swimmer is in distress, the lifeguard must respond quickly. All these are examples that pertain to the saving of a life. Prayerfully, TV viewers, your response time to the gospel and to the call of Jesus will be immediate and without hesitation because your life and soul are at stake. With this portion of the scripture, Jesus calls us to prayer. Do you remember the words of Jesus? Watch and pray lest he enter into temptation. Jesus admonished his disciples because they fell asleep. When they accompanied Jesus to the top of the mountain, they fell asleep and witnessed only a portion of the transfiguration. Like into some of the saints today, a lack of urgency and the sensitivity to the times will cause some to fall to the wayside. I assure you, TV viewers, we are living in the last days. Therefore, in view of his coming, we cannot afford to waste our time and energies on the foolish and perishable things that are found in the world. Believers must live soberly, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Read Matthew 6:33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Priorities and values must be reassessed, because we are living in the last days. Thus, Peter addressed the need for the congregation to be sober physically and to be spiritually minded. Why did Peter mention prayer? Well, with so many things in this world, they can, that can detract or derail us from fully following the Lord. Prayer will keep us in touch with Jesus. The more communication we have with the Lord, our relationship with Him will improve as well. Besides, being chosen by the Lord, Moses, Joshua, and the prophets always resorted to prayer. The lines of communication remained open continually. God spoke to them directly, and they listened and performed the doing of it to the fullest extent. When they cried unto the Lord God, He heard their cries. God responded immediately, and today His reaction time is the same for us as it was for them. 
Jesus is just a prayer away. And calling upon his name always will bring deliverance. Read Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Always remember the time and effort invested in prayer will always bring a high return that is most beneficial to our spiritual well-being. God is impressed by what he sees in the heart of man. Yes, television viewers, you can be sure he will turn away if the heart does not show an effort to achieve repentance and forgiveness. Mankind has tried to achieve the grace of God through an accumulation of good works, but the Lord has refused it. Mankind has attempted to put God into an image formed by vain imaginations, and he has denounced it. However, obedience will always be the factor which will hold his attention. It is the path that leads directly to him, but few will acknowledge it. It is a simple path to follow because Jesus took the time to make it easier for all to follow, but they must choose to follow on their own accord. Preparing his disciples for the end times, Jesus reinforced his imminent return with the parable of the fig tree. Let us read of the parable and the point that is being made to the use of the parable. Turn to Luke 21, 29 to 36, we read, And he spake to them a parable, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When the now shoot forth, ye shall he see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, knowing that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness, and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always that it may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Will you humble yourself and discern the sign of the times? The signs of His coming are obvious and compelling. In the parable, Jesus takes the simple things of life to emphasize the point being made. He reassures us that His word is true and what He says He will do and what He has promised, He will fulfill. That is why we can place our full confidence in the word of God. We are reminded that in the last days, the faith of the saints will be engaged by the devil. Therefore, the cares of this life should not be a priority. Neither should one be remiss and enjoy the pleasures of the sin, saying, The Lord delayeth his coming. That is exactly what Satan wants you to do, television viewers. The remedy that will help us to ascertain eternal life is what Peter and Matthew spoke of. Watch and pray that he may be counted worthy. Yes, Jesus is coming soon. And his coming soon is closer than you may think. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. The church band will conclude today's telecast with the uplifting song titled, Sunlight.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.